idea for all this really came from a dream? Yes, it did. Good evening and welcome to Nox Mente. Tonight's guest is Martina Marcota. Martina is a performance artist from New York. After studying mathematics at New York University, Martina spent 10 years working in the performing arts industry in New York City. She was later exposed as a Trump supporter and hounded out of her work by far-left artists. Martina then moved on to work with The Daily Caller in Washington, D.C. as a video producer and reporter before going to the U.K. to report on European events like the LOS protests in Paris and the Notre Dame fire. She's currently back in New York City, working on independent projects like a comic book, creating a magazine, and an online television station. Martina, welcome to Knox Mente. Thanks for having me. Oh. Yay. It's our pleasure. This is, yeah, this is very exciting. I have, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the Lady Alchemy superhero extravaganza. <laughs> Thank you so much. Did you see the trailer? I did. I'm so excited about right? it. Yeah. You are so great. You're such a, an amazing performer. I just want to put that out. And for people who haven't seen how amazing you are, they need to just follow and see. Thank you, you lay it out, girl. You really are just, you do it in such a high, at a high level. You've Thank the- you. Yeah. I love aesthetics and I love weirdness, you know, uniting the truth with the beautiful is my slogan and weirdness. Yeah awesome so yeah yeah it's fantastic and she has great live streams almost every night almost every night yeah yeah you're out there you're you're doing it and you've been out there a long time so for this is just for people that don't know who you are but anyway let's get started and go into the early young days so back as far as you can remember what were the things that stuck out in your life what like your first memories your first encounters with like pop culture and those kinds of things oh my god wow that's such an interesting question (laughs) you know usually things you kind of just try to suppress i don't know i'm 35 so you get to a point where it's like i have a really good memory and i have a visual memory i mean i remember being a few years old i remember the early years in chicago actually is where i grew i was born in in the bronx in new york city but I do remember being a few years old and living in Chicago. And then we came back in 1990 to New York where I went to kindergarten. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of stuff people don't know about me. There's stuff that like, I haven't seen my father in like 30 years. There's like, you know, I have five siblings. I don't think people know that about me. I'm one of the eldest. I was raised five siblings, you know, youngest is 12 years younger than me. She had leukemia. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, stuff like that. I'm super Croatian. I mean, a first generation American. So, yeah, that's kind of it. Suburban, middle class upbringing in the Hudson Valley, New York. Went to NYU, studied math. Yeah, those are the highlights, I guess. <laughs> then I started performing. I mean, I've always been into performing. So, it's one of those things, even though it's burlesque or it's like weird performance art. You know, I remember being a kid and I would like, I was nine years old. I was dancing around, putting on the radio, putting on an FM station, you know, finding the right jams, <laughs> you know, making mixtapes off the radio, just click and record on the right time and uh, making posters, you know, having a show. In the backyard, we have this piece of land that in the field in the backyard that has like this like plateau, it like protrudes up and then it flattens and there's trees around it. And it just, it's a stage. 
and we'd call it the nature stage is what we called it. So I to this day, this. like 30 years <laughs> later, it's called the nature stage. That's what we call it. I would make flyers and posters for our show that I'm going to have on. So I get to like live that out. You know, that's what I used to remind myself before I got blacklisted. Whenever I was like on the subway in New York and I'm like, oh, I'm exhausted. It's midnight. I'm going to perform I'm like, oh, this is so exhausting <laughs> every day, you know, every day, the same thing. And I was like, what am I talking about? When I was a kid, this was like my dream, you know, like I wanted to be a performer and a dancer and play with costumes and makeup and I get to do it. So, yeah. Were you raised with any religion? Uh, yeah. Croatians are very cap uh, yeah, Catholic, Roman Catholic. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah. And yeah, it's, but it's a beautiful form of Catholicism also uh, because it, there's a lot of that Orthodox energy there. Yeah. That heavy incense and all mm. the candles and the prayers mm -hmm. in that sense. I love that. Yeah. I love the Catholic church's drama, you know, yes. like we have tapes, we have costumes. Like you say, there's incense, there's candles, there's, <laughs> you know, the acoustics of the architecture. There's like, Ah, you know oh my god everything's like amazing there's drama there's oh, the jingling colors. bells during the like eucharist during, you know? it's all designed to enhance the mind control <laughs> yeah. yeah and i mean <clears throat> i'm not a big fan of like structured church or anything or uh, the, the pope by any means as a catholic i had i kind of hit catholicism towards an, at an angle with like the alchemy yeah um, so i kind of came back around to my faith and how i was raised I think in a different way and look at it kind of in a more Gnostic way and, and see things differently. So I appreciate it in a different way and it doesn't really involve the church. I mean, the, the Pope, I'm not a big fan of the Pope or, or church, yeah. but I do think mass is cool. It's like a rich, you know, it's a ritual mass. It's a it ritual. is. It is a ritual. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for the beauty, it's all there in the gym toned colors and yeah, the aesthetics all, of church is amazing. I love it. Yeah. Gothic churches, awesome. yes, it's visceral, and that's yeah. you know we. I feel that that's an important thing. I'm not, I'm not a Christian, but that has always been my favorite religion because of the beauty. It's absolutely yeah. it loves the the Catholic Church actually loves beauty, obviously. Yeah, and also when we do some of my streams, I do art history, and uh, something you'll notice throughout history is that the Catholic Church and, and stuff like that, uh, they fund the arts. Yeah. They fund architecture and the arts a lot of the times in, in history, and that's, I mean, it's pretty cool. They knew to be, like, really opulent and, and make art and get involved, and that taps into the hearts and minds of the people and, and makes a lasting impression, so whatever reasons they were doing it it was it was to make a lasting impression to tell it certainly has yeah so back with young martina when you were very young what were the things that were inspiring you though so were you did you like comic books did you like uh cartoons were you playing outside a lot did you make forts mm. besides mm. doing the theater outside Oh yeah, God, we did all that. Hell yeah, we made forts and stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love nature. I grew up around, you know, property and exploring. I think exploration's really fun. Um, but what was your on your list? You mentioned some other things. I was like, yes, yes, I did that. Pop culture stuff. Like, what cartoons yeah. did you watch when you were a kid? Oh, you said comic books and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, well, so I remember in the '90s too with that dial-up internet when I was like. It probably preteen type of thing. Um, 
I remember looking up a lot of those sexy babe cartoons, like yes. 13, not cartoons, uh, like comics, like, yeah, cartoons, comics, same thing. And uh, like Gen 13, Witchblade, Dark Child, yes. Fathom, <laughs> like the babes is what I really liked. So that's why doing this comic book project kind of really, again, tapped into my childhood kind of thing. And it's kind of like, yay, I get to be the babe that I always like admired. Like, that's <laughs> exciting. Right. Well, there's a path. You manifested that. You, you yeah. Know really push that forward into your life and there's a lot to be said about that okay yeah. so but stay still building the structure up in your in your foundation so we can get deep into the dreams Ooh, okay uh, did you have any childhood fears like you know how the under the bed or the in the closet or the dark mm. wood mm -hmm. yeah i mean i think darkness is scary for sure um I mean, I still get scared when I go to my mother's house <laughs> back home. And if it's like, I'm trying to like sneak away from my mom so I can like smoke or something. You know, <laughs> she's super Catholic, Croatian mom. And even though I'm in my mid thirties, it's like, okay. And I'll sneak off out and I'm like, suddenly find myself like out by the shed in the middle of the woods. And it's like really fucking dark in nature. Like, you know what I mean? Yes. Like, nature's so dark unless it's like a full moon. You're just like, okay, holy shit, I'm kind of scared now. <laughs> you know? Yes, it is so, dark. Yeah, no, the, the the dark kind of scares me, yeah. And I don't know if it's because I always grew up with so many siblings and people in the house, but there are, were moments as a child when I remember I was home alone and it was kind of like scary. And you can hear creaks or whatever. It's like, what am I going to see out the window? You know, outside that dark window, just like a face <laughs> staring at me, you know, like I would run from like the downstairs to upstairs, turn lights on, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Darkness is scary. Isn't yeah. it? Oh yeah. It, it's, you know, it's so psychologically rich and deep. And I was certainly, when I was young, I had to push mm -hmm. into that because it always brought on some strangeness and right. that, was, yeah. that was what was scary. Yeah, it's an it's an interesting thing because like those moments when I am like out smoking as an adult, I, I definitely try to like calm myself down. You know, it's like you start tapping into like reality. You go, you're an adult, whatever. I mean, to be fair, there's animals, so yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there could be an animal. To be fair, <laughs> but yeah, there's a way of like kind of talking yourself out of it. It's the same with stage anxiety. You know, performing and dealing with that and learning how to control that and breathe and whatever it's it's coming you know it's facing your demons facing your fears for sure when you were so back for young martina when you were little did you have any kind of like i don't know supernatural or mystical experiences as a young mm -hmm. girl you know i think i always like wished for that i used to like tried to will myself to do like telekinesis and stuff yeah. or like fly <laughs> and really wanted to do that so bad. Um, but yeah, I mean, other than just really try to use my brain and like really, really will something, I don't think I really experienced anything supernatural other than just, I think, a very natural thing, which is to kind of think about more existential things and like, what is the purpose? I mean, I could, I remember being like 12 years old, wondering what the purpose is yeah. you know, on, on this earth and what is my purpose? And 
you know, we're all going to die. And, you know, I love my siblings and like, what are we doing? Like, what's the point? So I think that's uh, definitely the start of Lady Alchemy and, you know, exploring all those deeper things. Yeah. For the listeners who don't know what Lady Alchemy is, could you talk about that or Nish explain Oh, yeah, it? sure. So, I mean, yeah, with the start of like thinking about those kinds of things is what kind of opened my eyes when I, I don't know how I first heard of it, but I knew I got into it through Leonardo da Vinci and Isaac Newton. I studied math, I love art. And uh, it was like these really great minds were obsessed with this concept. There has to be something to it, you know? So the more I researched it, and it sounds mystical and awesome, you know, very comic book-like. Uh, so you start researching it and the, it you, leads you down the path of like, inner alchemy like Carl Jung and, and understanding your yourself and, and your inner person and you know finding that gold um, and stuff so that gets really exciting but then I have like the little girl stuff that I like too about performing and all that and when I started doing burlesque and performing I felt like I was missing a piece of my like missing a piece of the puzzle and I realized that I would be happy if I can combine my like nerdy alchemy self with the performing and it just clicked that I can be lady alchemy and I can use alchemical archetypes and these deeper kind of meanings and to explore like on stage and in more aesthetic ways these kinds of concepts not just have like another pretty picture to model or another pretty dance you know like oh that yeah. was pretty or that was sexy like and it has other layers of like no you may just thought it was really cool and pretty or whatever but if you understand the concept of it behind it there's a layer that relates to alchemy and archetypes and that's what lady alchemy is yeah that, that's one of the reasons why i like uh what you do with lady alchemy is it's symbolically rich and you yeah. really you deliver with that thank you so that and so back to young you went with your dreams what was your experience with the dream world as far back as you can recall do you remember early hmm. dreams hmm yeah i can remember an early dream in childhood of my father who was estranged for me and he was a really tall man is a tall man like six four or something six five and I guess being a little girl in my dreams, I also remember going to the zoo with him probably, but I remember seeing him walking among giraffes. Oh. <laughs> so I remember that. So it's my strange father walking among giraffes, this tall man. And uh, yeah, and then I remember being very young, probably 10, and I remember lucid dreaming. And that was an interesting feeling. And I want to get into that a little bit later on too, if you yes. want, like after yeah. the young Martina. But uh, yeah, I remember from a young age, lucid dreaming. I don't know if maybe that answers your previous question, if there's anything supernatural, but I think uh, that's definitely a powerful thing to tap into. Yeah. Yeah. And, and when I, just to be clear on supernatural, I, because a lot of people are really uh, not liking that term these days, but hmm. what I mean by that is, just an amped up it's like sat super saturated color right it's natural mm -hmm. but it's it's got that extra to it yeah so it's so yeah probably out. lucid dreaming counts as that yeah yeah absolutely. I, I think some people never have 
Right. They ha- we do this. We talk to people, all kinds of people. Yeah. And, and it's amazing. A lot of people have never had a lucid dream or they don't think they have. This is the thing, Martina. Right. I know they have. They just don't recall huh. it. Right, right, right. The recall. Yeah. Yeah. So what you were lucid dreaming when you were young. Yeah. So what was the very first time you got into that space where you're like, oh, I'm in a dream. This is a dream. Do you recall that? Yeah. uh, I remember changing the colors of the sky with my will. Um, And I remember realizing that I was in a dream. (laughs) You know what I did? It's just so weird. I don't know. For some reason, I've always been like picked on and there's always like some bitch picking on me or something. Right. (laughs) And, uh, I, I remember, and I'm so, I was so passive and I still am and, and stuff like that and shy. But in my dream, when I realized I was dreaming for some reason, I like decided I could pull this girl's hair. I was like, it's a dream. You like, fuck this bitch. like a poor hair here. It's a dream. <laughs> I remember doing that. <laughs> That's awesome. And she was picking on you? Yeah. I mean, she was probably just some bitch that was mean to me. And, I don't know, I like, you were able to, the, but this is very, this is a good thing. And psychologically, it's a great thing because yeah. she's, you know, she's in a way terrorizing you. And then you all of a sudden have this awake moment where you realize you can turn the tables here. Now you have a sense. That's what it was like. Yeah. 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 And I mean, that's an interesting point that you just tapped into. I never thought about it because that is a a, a motif. I feel like of my life is trying to prove the mean girls wrong, the haters wrong, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. That I constantly feel like I have something to prove and the mean people and then I want to turn the tables on them. And I kind of like that. I like movies like that. You know, in the nineties, I love, what was it? That it's the classic teen movie. And she like takes her hair out and she's like, uh, she's all that. Oh yeah. That. <laughs> like That's like that. my movie where it's like tables reversed <laughs> and the nerd gets, you know, to be babe. Yeah. The underdog. Absolutely. Yeah. That's- so that's interesting. You tapped in that. I never really thought of that. I never put that together. Well, it's, it says a lot about you because even though you do have people come for you and obviously it was playing out in the ethers as well, you're not a pushover when it gets down to it. And, uh, there's, there's a lot going on there. Yeah. But so back with this dreaming, what, so early you, and this may have changed and if it's changed, we'll go into that, but the earlier you, so I say like the first half of your life what did the dreamscape look like in general for you? So I'm I'm looking for things like, was it black and white? Is it color? Do you smell? Do you taste? Can you read books and and words? It was color. Definitely very vivid color, especially when I was lucid and I could change the skyline to this magnificent, um, what is it called? Uh, Sunset. But uh, I do also remember one dream around that same time, young child, I always think about this too, but there was a cheese Danish and I was like, oh my God, the cheese Danish looks so good. (laughs) And I really wanted the cheese Danish and I got to the cheese Danish and it was like going into my mouth and I woke up. 
<laughs> you couldn't have it. Yeah. yeah and yeah. so it's funny how like my relationship with you changes to this day. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's like when uh, I used to have sex dreams as a child, as a kid, before I ever had sex. Right mm -hmm. as I was about to have it, I'd wake up. Right, right. <laughs> wow. I can profess my love of the cheese Danish. <laughs> it's the Ukraine in me. It's, it's for real. It's <laughs> so funny. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's a thing. So, all right. So with the vivid... Oh, also, have you been able to to your awareness read in dreams when you encounter mm, question is it is it writing mm. or is it symbols have you noticed it mm. Mm -mm. i haven't noticed yeah it's interesting maybe you will now though that we're talking about yeah. it it's, it's probably something that'll help get lucid if I focus in and go, can I read that? <laughs> yeah. Well, because you actually have to kind of focus. It's read, script is very weird. And all the people we've talked to and I've talked to, the reading part is a very, it's kind of a very rare, I don't hear a lot of people saying they can. So Yeah, I, I can't recall a moment where I've needed to read something in, in, in a dream. And then what about, have you had experiences where you have a sensate, where you can, where, where you smell or taste? Besides that cheese Danish, which you didn't get to have. Yeah, which I don't, it didn't even taste. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Ooh, excuse me. Oh my God. Um, oh. Just had a drink. Oh my God. <laughs> wow. And this is all audio. Great. Great. Lady Alchemy. <laughs> Thursday. Thursday's going to be, uh, yeah. It's easier when they can see me. I could let that slip by. No, um, it's something about drinking and talking. It makes you burpy. It's weird. Um, yeah. Uh, I, you know, I want to say yes, that I have smelled and heard. I don't know if it was because of my real life surroundings. Yeah. But I feel like I want to say yes, but I can't think of an actual dream that's well that that answers it though if you you get a sense there and then also so this is a general question and we'll hone in on stuff but mm -hmm. in general how often do you come out of dream space and this includes lucid dreaming and astral projection all that stuff right with a mood where it's actually affect you know you're going to bring a mood into the day now yeah yeah I mean, like, are you talking about even like the moments where you like just wake up and you have like the bit, like you're well, still. Say you had like a, a bad dream and you yeah. wake up and you can't shake it and it's kind of creating yeah. that space around you in the day. Yeah, that's, that's happened for sure. Yeah, that's interesting. I've been checking more in with moods with people and dream space. It's, there's a, there's something really juicy there to explore and yeah. I'm not sure what it is yet. It's a thread I'm following. So it's it's good to know. Okay, so back to your lucid dreaming experience. How old were you when you first started that? Yeah, so I think that was like 10-ish or something, 10 or 11. Okay, yeah, that is young. Yeah, probably 10. And when you, so I think you mentioned, did you mention you fly? Yes, I was flying in that, and 
that's, I think, was one of the first, I mean, that was something that I wanted to do as a child. When you asked about my supernatural ability, I definitely sat there trying to warm myself to fly and jump off the sofa. But I noticed when I was lucid, um, that was something I chose to do as well. And when you fly in dreams, do you know, how do you do it? Everyone's a little different. Like, there are are times- you like Superman? Are you like Glinda? It, it, it was like Peter Pan where I had to like think of something hard enough to be able to do it. And there were times where like the flying like wasn't like, you know, it was weak. And I like was kind of sinking, kind of like a balloon that's like losing its helium or something. Uh-huh. And so it was, there were times where it was difficult and I had to drag myself to fly, but it was like something about an emotion or a thinking and like feeling something in order to like, get get that to happen something from within yeah what about so when you want in scenes in a dream and specifically if the more lucid the better when we're talking about this stuff when you want to go from one place to another or somehow maybe not consciously but you are in one scene and then you're in another scene do you often just appear in the next scene or do you have to make a movement like flying or walking yeah so in I did some reading on lucid dreaming at one point, probably like 2014 or something. And sorry, I'm just still recovering from the flu. So I get a little sniffly too. So this makes me sound really sexy this to me right now. <laughs> you uh, are gorgeous. <laughs> too bad people can't see you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I was trying to go lucid. Now the thing is I've always really liked to smoke marijuana and I, was doing some magical work and they started talking about dreams and everything. And, and of course the dream journal, which I have done also back in like 20, 2008. So if you want to get back to that dream journal and that experience, we can get into that. But 2014, I wanted to uh, get into some magical depth and the whole dreaming thing was a block because I smoke a lot of marijuana and like, I don't really remember my dreams. Like, I don't know. I think it's something about the like, uh, REM sleep or something, if we even get into it, or if we get enough efficient sleep with when you smoke or what it is, but the more lucid you are in real life, the more lucid you are in your dream state. And there's like a connection and I don't remember why it doesn't help. So I got some choline bitartrate. Do you know what that is? It's like some supplement. It's like a B vitamin supplement. It's called choline bitartrate. Choline is a extract from a plant. Yeah, I think it like naturally can be in like egg yolks and stuff. I don't know how much, but this it's a supplement. It's very cheap. I got a giant bag for like nine bucks and it's water, water soluble and just make little shots of it. Just tastes kind of sour. And, um, and it definitely helps you with like, yeah, like be, being lucid, like your brain activity and, and getting things done and having high energy. And I swear to God that night I lucid dreams <laughs> and I was started lucid dreaming. And what I did was I was seeing a guy at the time and there was big drama involved. He was like some actor and it was like some, you know, tabloid thing and some ex-wife drama. It was like this whole thing. And I wanted to be able to tell him something, you know, and I decided in my lucid dream to go to his place. And I was reading up on all this stuff and my spiritual journey. So I was like kind of well-versed in like, if I go like lucid, you know, what to do. So I was like, oh, okay, I'm lucid, you know? And I like, was like, go to Josh's house, go to Josh's house. And I like teleported there. 
So yeah, that's my long story to tell you that I teleported there. <laughs> Did so with with the teleportation though, with this kind of thing, which I I love. Have you been able to get any validation from others having done that before? Right. So I also was reading about this and they say from what I read at the time of doing this, that unless the other person is lucid as well in the dream at the same time, they're going to appear a bit off, like kind of like drunk or something, but you can still kind of possibly tap into their like, you know, subconscious or something. But I didn't, I wasn't strong enough because lucid is so tricky. You could lose it. Something happens where you lose it. You slip out of it. Yes. It's such a bizarre thing. Cause how can you just forget in this instant that you were dreaming or like what, what you're doing? Like you just slip back into this really weird dream state and you get tossed back into that world and whatever's happening in it. But yeah, so I lost it. I wasn't able to hold on to it for too long to be able to talk to him or anything. It, but it was it was good. I'm wondering another. Okay, so yes, on lucid dreaming, it is weird. And this is something I always talk about is the idea of how I can at this point, like you, I've been lucid dreaming a very long time, and I can find myself going lucid and all of a sudden like the weirdest thing will pop me out and right I'm, right it's like all of a sudden i'm like oh look at the ground look at the ground i'm going yeah. lucid, and then boom i'm out again and sometimes i get jerked right back into my body like awake yes yes whole, yes yes you know, all the way out <laughs> yeah sometimes that was also another thing from what i read that is um sometimes you get just so lucid when you realize that you're like lucid, when you go, oh shit, I'm dreaming, it just makes you become so lucid that you wake yourself up. And yes. it's like, you have to learn the balance of being able to control it. So yeah, that's kind of what I was excited to be able to do and take the choline tartrate and stuff. It was like, let's like go lucid and explore this astral whole world going on. It's like the Sims in real life, you know? <laughs> it, it totally reminds me of that or like second life. It is yeah. so, so that when you get into a space, I can't think of his name right now. My friend Kristen Ling is taking a class with some famous dude that is teaching lucid dreaming and using the analogy of gaming. Wow. Purpose. Yeah. See, that's interesting. That's totally it. Yes. Isn't it though? I mean, it's yeah. a perfect overlay because they're, it's yeah. so similar to that. Yeah. And the thing is like, I'm not a gamer. I haven't played a fucking video game since like 1996. Like that's not me, but I do understand. That's why I said the reference of Sims. It's like, okay, I get it. Like I've seen this thing that people get into their own world on this console or whatever, or this game. And that is very much like lucid dreaming. Yeah, there can be a whole other like world where you can like fly, you can like teleport to another part of the country, you can like communicate with people. You can find like your, I don't know, spiritual guidance. You can, I don't know, there's demons out there probably. Too. Not in Second Life, you can't find any spiritual guidance. No, that's true, that's true. In the astral world is what I mean, but it's a more exciting video game, let's just say. Yeah, but it is filled with demons. You were right there. Mm-hmm. Because everything well, on is that demons. note, 
Exactly. With that, have you experienced any of the dark entities and stuff out there during your forays? I mean, I'm not sure. Not when astral working, I don't think. Um, I mean, I've definitely had negative dreaming experiences, but I don't think I've come face to face with like an actual spiritual guidance or like proper demon demon i don't think you know um my dream journal back in 20 2008 that i was talking about <coughs> sorry now i'm smoking and i'm recovering <coughs> uh, um, yeah this is the life you know uh, <coughs> i'll do what i want uh That's right, yeah <laughs> I was like, yeah, again, starting some spiritual journey and uh, that's what they, you know, they advise you to do, start getting, tapping into your subconscious and stuff and dream journals. And I was maintaining a dream journal and they were various things that were random every day. Okay. I was being chased. Okay. Something happened. Okay. My like sibling died or like something, you know, every day was like something that didn't really, really mean anything on its own but over time when i looked at the dream journal i was like oh these are all really negative you know and i was like i think like my subconscious is telling me like that i'm unsettled you know i'm unresolved mm -hmm. in something i feel like a dark ch shadow or cloud or something is 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 hovering so that's kind of what i got from that that was my negative i demons of sorts but not an actual dark entity or anything how often so like it's still only kind of the first half of your life uh how often would you have what i guess we would consider nightmares or night tears or uncomfortable bad dreams mm. were they a thing for you or were they rare i guess is a better way to look at it I mean, I'm pretty sure they happened, but I don't recall anything that's really traumatized me. I can't really think. It was basically just the the father dream with the giraffes and the lucid dream and stuff. But the like father was, was the father dream didn't sound that sounded rather nice. It was weird because, you know, I mean, I was raised, I don't know, it's like this whole story, but I was raised with like, oh, your father's a bad guy. If you see him, he's a bad guy. Like, you know, not he's not to be around. So there was some sort of like negative kind of energy about that. That was, it's hard to describe, you know? Yeah. It's like you're an innocent young kid. You're like, I was like, only if you, you know? Yeah. Like very young. Um, so it was like, having these like told that it's a bad person and then there was like this dream that involved him and it was just something mysterious about the dream that was very like it wasn't dark but it was very like odd to me yeah what is an it is interesting imagery and everything hmm. in it and they were like swaying and like the winds and i don't know it was like fire or something i don't know i don't understand it and how were you 10 or younger when that one yeah, I feel like I was tennish. Tennish or yeah. younger. Yeah. His tennish is when you said like the lucid dream. Yeah. Coming on. Yeah, it was in the same room in the same house that we were at that time. So probably tennish. So what about also in dreaming? Did it always 
are you one of these people that you can fall into dream easily or do they this i guess this is more martina this is more recall how have you always been with because we're all dreaming how have you been with the recall in in general in your life yeah i mean like i said i think it's the weed that is really bad for recall so i tend to not really remember dreams because of the, the the smoking stuff but when i have the normal recall it would be i think the typical you wake up you remember a lot of details and you can yeah start to slip away the more you think about it the more it goes away but before the weed when you were younger were you just a, were you dreaming a lot that you you were able to recall then yeah and i remember like testing myself about it too because what did i read one time that it was like you dream like seven different dreams in mm-hmm. one night or something there's like a lot of like different totally different Landscape. like stories yeah. <laughs> and like if you do remember dream it's like one out of like the seven that you're remembering that you dreamed since usually the most recent one yeah uh, so yeah i used to try to test myself and i think i used to remember a few dreams in of one night because you go into different stories in your head um so i think i used to recall them i, mean, I remember being when i was in school and having like dreams telling my siblings something and it was like this whole recall kind of like scenario so I used to be able to, to recall. Yeah. I mean, and I still can, um, when I, when I dream. Yeah. When you were younger, were, were people, did you, were you able to talk about dreams or people talking about dreams? Yeah. yeah. I never know. I mean, some households, it's not like a thing, especially depending on the religion, you know, it's like the dreams are kind of like the you know the tooth fairy my mom believes that her dreams are pretty prophetic she's had a few major things in her life where she kind of dreamed it so on that note with prophetic dreams and those kinds of things especially with the lucidity and we're not done with lucidity but we never are (laughs) uh how have you experienced dreams that are dreaming true or little bits that bleed through from the dream realm to this realm? And sometimes those can play out in things like deja vu. Mm. Yeah. Deja vu is so strange. I wish I could understand that a little bit more, but um, I don't know. I mean, there's also, again, something that I read, I'm not sure if it was young or, or some other basic thing about dreaming, but there's like four things that dreams are. And I know we don't really know much about them still to this day. <coughs> That's why they're fascinating to talk yeah, about. Yeah, but there are some basic kind of concepts of like, you know, the unconscious at work, um, trying to communicate with you. And then there's like a few other points. And then the other one is like the most basic levels, just like random neurons firing. So. I think there's like a range of that going on at different times. I don't know if it's like all purely like magical insights we need to like understand or if there's like a mixture of neurons firing or sometimes something prophetic, sometimes something magical. It's such a strange thing and we don't really understand. Like, I don't know. I feel like it's a mixture of all those things. So sometimes it doesn't really shouldn't have an effect but it does emotionally feel so real oh yeah oh yeah it's all that's at play which is what makes the idea and the concept alone just the concept 
and verbalizing the narratives around the concept so juicy. But I'm wondering, like, as far as precognition stuff, have you had dreams that came true? No, I personally haven't. No, I think mine are more esoteric, like very obtuse that I have to look at, like like the not being secure, having something yeah. unsettled in my psyche. Also, so with that idea and moving into lucidity again, when you have that, actually, so give us a give us an example of when you have like when you're at the height of lucidity and when you're able to really be the architect within your dream and move stuff around are you able to do it so you did give us an example with changing the sky and all that mm -hmm. are you often able to do what you want or do you let the lucidity just unfold and you let things play out how much control do you actually allow yourself to have I usually immediately try to control Yeah. <laughs> when I go lucid. I immediately try to change something or do what I want to do. I go, oh shit, I'm going to do what I want. Like now is the time. Like here's my moment. Okay. Like we did it guys. Like <laughs> I'm in, I'm in the matrix. You know? <laughs> I love that. You, there's so, you'd be surprised at how many people do not want to control and they just let it play out. I mean, that's interesting too. I mean, maybe that's the way to find out more about you, to find your guide, to do, you know, whatever. I don't, I don't know. Maybe that's the right channel to go. Oh, I don't think there are any rights and wrongs personally. Yeah. That's where I live in that in between. Yeah. <laughs> There's no right or wrong. It's just a matter of how you function and how you're getting, a, getting about. Yeah. But I feel I like I'm on a mission, like to do something when I'm in that state, like what's the important mission that I, that I need to accomplish. <laughs> Oh, that's interesting. This might sound like a left-wing question. Like, do you have military family? No. Because no, it is like the mission thing makes me think of all kinds of like super soldier kind of stuff. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm into that. Yeah. I could see myself as one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and Lady Alchemy kind of is. Right. So right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, there was like some weird connection I wanted to have also with like this Nephilim bloodline thing with the like government, like CIA shit. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I kind of worked all, all that in. I worked the bloodline thing. It's my book, but, and some like elites and world leaders that have the same bloodline, but I think the government's up to something more about that. But yeah. Well, see, this is, this is what's interesting with you in your lucid dreams is the fact that you would say a mission is very, uh, right down that alley and the fact that you get in and you're lucid and you are in control and you're doing stuff that's very telling really huh. and yeah. we talk to a lot of people about this stuff so I think that that's very telling and there's possibility there <laughs> that's interesting yeah yeah I mean I guess I, I need to formulate a plan better like what to do exactly when I'm lucid usually it's a selfish thing like I want to tell like like my ex something or something you know well that's not selfish because that becomes i mean it may feel selfish but those kinds of exercises can lead to very powerful things because yeah. when when someone's like whoa they call you up the next day or you get some sort of message and like you came to me in a dream and you said this and that and this and you're i for myself i just keep i, I stay silent i just allow people to let it be what it is uh but it's a validation for you personally to know that your lucidity and your forays in 
mm-hmm. that escape are working. And right. Then what, and all it takes is like that one elephant, right? The white elephant in the room. Once every, once you see it, once one thing is is has proven po- there's a possibility then you've broken the glass window you've broken the glass ceiling you've broken the glass house and you're out mm. so that's all it takes in my opinion and in my experience so mm-hmm. it's saying yeah. pushing on that that's interesting. so what about like full-on out-of-body experiences like as is, is the old vernacular the old language is astral traveling right yeah yeah i was like reading about astral projection i've tried i've tried to like meditate and and sit there and you know basically kind of what is it sensory deprivation type kind of thing you know yeah everything out um but i haven't got there i don't think i feel like something happened fairly recently where it felt kind of close, maybe more so when I took like, I don't know, mushrooms or something in my life, but <laughs> I don't think that <laughs> it's a portal. <laughs> um, yeah. It, like that's probably was more the time, but no, that I'm like, it's a bit more difficult for me to do that. Um, I think it's really fascinating stuff though. I'm really interested in it. Uh, I love that movie. What is, what is it called? The men who stare at goats. oh yeah yes (laughs) yeah i love like again there's like the caa government stuff involved yes that that kind of technologies or whatever it's there it's everywhere yeah one of the things and you don't have to be you don't have to wait to go into sleep to to astral travel i've found this is my own personal experience but if i get and this is where the devil's lettuce which is what i call the weed is um, helpful for me mm-hmm. is it I go into a deep meditation with the devil's lettuce in a as dark of a room as possible with as little outside interference and I right. allow myself to get into the vibratory state through meditation with the aid right. of the devil's lettuce and then step out of the body so Right. My experiences of being out of body via dream have been harder that route than actually meditating into it. Mm. But meditation is a form of of active sleep. If you think about it, you're you're putting yourself, you're quieting yourself, you're going into stillness. Yeah, your and, brain goes into different states. Yes. There's like alpha, whatever, different yes. states. Yes. So, but that, and so I'm just saying the devil's lettuce does work under that circumstance. Well, that's, that's interesting. Huh. And well, I should try that more often, but yeah. No, I think you should. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> that might I should be a just way. Sit back and med- you know what? It honestly would probably be good for me in my life. A lot of stress mm-hmm. is going on and whatever. And it's like, people say like, oh, well, do you pray or whatever? And I, you know, the other day I did because prayer, meditation, same thing, you know, because yeah. there is something important about just stopping everything just stop yes. your brain just stop everything for a minute and just like breathe and calm down and just like don't think don't plan <laughs> you know yes. don't 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 sort anything out sorry i'm in new york you know it happens <laughs> yeah and people are gonna hear that it's like yeah, yeah. um 
but yeah so I, and it's like you know what that's a really important thing actually yeah i think that it is good to to stop and and tune all that out and get to a place really healthy for you um yeah. when you're stressed and you know i i know i know you know stress definitely when things are rough how how do things play out for you in the dreamscape hmm is there some, is it something you notice? Do you notice the difference? Um, again, my issues with recall lately have been pretty bad. Um, but something I have noticed recently with my stress is that like, do you ever just wake up like feeling like you were hit by a truck and then it's like you the but the rest was still good because you were in an altered state and when you wake up and you remember your life and you remember where you're at and you remember what your issues are you're like oh you know you're like oh, yeah, this is my life this sucks you know and you're like oh man can i just go back where i forgot about life for a second you know like in that dream state i don't know i mean that also was like that when my little sister you know was diagnosed with leukemia and she's like much better now she's fine now um you know something just to keep tabs on but when it was like in the hospital with the like you know fucking the whole shebang the what is it called chemo like the whole thing oh yeah in the moment it's like you know one of those same situations where your your sleep state was was actually one of like an escape even if you didn't remember it yeah. you know even if you just like went to sleep and you woke up like there's like that moment where like you forgot for a bit and you were like in that like awake state and then you came to and remembered what reality was and you're just like fuck yeah there's a lot so there have been studies on people that have been in extreme circumstances or even just extreme circumstances so shelf that for a minute mm -hmm. but even have just gone to prison under whatever condition and are forced into those kinds of lifestyles where they have to there's a lot of self time and mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but where they can't go anywhere mm -hmm. and these people when applying these ideas of getting out any way they can have yeah. a high level of astral projection out mm. of their spaces and the recall basically it's like you know extreme remote viewing their their ability wow. to see and be out and do things in mm. the world is uncanny and so i've always found that interesting and i thought what if when we're going through times of hard hardship of stress you know, what if we apply that same principle, even though you can go outside and you can go to the deli, albeit New York's changed. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And maybe you won't be able to in a couple of weeks, but uh, without your papers and your passes and all that stuff that's coming down. Uh, but, but if we apply that principle, there might be something bigger going on where we can escape into another layer of consciousness and through the other layer of consciousness maybe it's possible to change what's going on here what do you think about yeah. that yeah i mean that goes back to that idea of it being like the video game the matrix like this alternate reality 
that we can go to. And I mean, that's wild if we can tap into that, you know? Yeah. What if we can like, I don't know, have some sort of program or weird science where like, we're able to control that lucid state, you know, that like altered astral world or something. And it's like, it's real life. It's crazy. Yeah, well, that's the question, Martina. We could see loved ones, you know, we could see loved ones. We could see, you know, communicate. We could meet up with them. Yeah. And actually have a conscious experience with them like we do and what we think is this reality. Right. That's wild. I mean, damn. It's something and it's something to work for. And that's the thing. This, This is something that everybody has access to and nobody has the keys to the kingdom on this so this right, is equal right. opportunity yeah. this is straight up for anyone it, and that's one of the reasons why i've always liked the idea of dreaming and what's possible there there seems to be more going on mm-hmm. and so with that though what do you think why do you think this experience we're having, even though we've introduced the idea of the sim reality, why do you think this feels like the space where we're calling real? This is real. Mm. Where all this bullshit's going on and people are fighting over stupid skin level stuff. And yet we have these abilities, that you know, as a lucid dreamer that are remarkable and all it takes is one lucid dream to know that there's something going on yeah that you have more abilities than than you think you do it just for people that don't understand and haven't had a conscious lucid dream i mean i feel like this is the real place but we can have an effect like in this like matrix you know and there is what makes this real I know what you're saying, but it's like, I don't know. There's like certain rules for in the altered state where it's like, they're not even rules. I don't know. They're just like tests, I guess. Like things don't make sense. Like time doesn't make sense in the altered state. Right. And like that's one of the things. Yeah. Like time doesn't make sense. Like that's the way you can like know when you're in the altered state or whatever. And like things don't happen like as mundanely like let's say if we have to go to like the bank or something it's like you don't show the walking or driving to the bank or whatever it's just like next thing you know in your dream you're like at the bank like there was yeah. no process in between like so there's like these really weird like things that happen in the altered state uh, or in the dream state and uh that's kind of how you know when it's like real or not but i still feel like it's a place where we can kind of do things but like, I don't know, we have to understand it better. I don't know. It's weird, but I feel like it can affect this this world. But like right now, this is like the main one. This is the one we can control the, mo- the most, you know? It's like, it makes sense the most to us in our brains. But in a way, it seems like we have the least amount of control here too. Yeah, I mean, I know what you mean, because when you're like lucid, then you can just like literally control everything and fly and like teleport or whatever, but like, there's a consistency and we, you can like lose it when you're in the altar. It's like, we're not strong enough. I'm not strong enough. I don't know who's strong enough to like legit go in and just be like, yeah. But I think, have people done that? Like, are there, aren't there like some people that like really can get into the lucid state and just like have a whole other like experience in there? 
Oh yeah, there are lots of stories out there. There are lots of stories. And these are and there are lots of stories with a variety of uh people with different socioeconomical backgrounds, with different ethnicities, monks in the Himalayas, uh, you know, people over here in, in Portland. I mean, just like people in in remote Romania, there's something- Is it like a whole cult community on like astral people? <laughs> well, there's, there's, some, there's some key that unlocks this, <laughs> deeper or higher, I'm not sure what it is, layer of consciousness where they're able to tap in and really push the idea of what's going on, where the the waking life that we call it is yeah. actually the dreaming life. And it's only a fractal of the real life you're having somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, again, and that kind of pushes into that sim thing. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, we we tell ourselves here, but we also tell ourselves in some dreams, this has been my experience. I have been in some dreams. Every dream has its rules. There are still rules. And the way I know this is, especially if I'm lucid, is when I encounter something that's not me and I can't make it move, right? Mm -hmm. Someone comes at me and then I can't do anything about it. It's not a part of me. It's something else. It's somebody else. Mm -hmm. And so I realized at that point, wow, this isn't all my world. There are other things inhabiting this space. Mm -hmm. And so with that idea of this idea of waking reality that we're in, we have somehow come under some deep hypnotism to to convince ourselves that this is this is really real and it's really real because i can bleed and you know i have these stories around me of my heritage and where i'm going and my job and all that this stuff that falls away when you die anyway that doesn't mean anything when you die right and so that's kind of where we leap forward anyway with this idea of how real this is when you die Again, we don't really know what's going on there. This is another leveling field for everyone. So it doesn't, death doesn't care what your titles are, who you are, what you look like, all that yeah. stuff. It's just another state of lucidity. Yeah. And so I guess that's where I'm asking you is like, so let's let's springboard into that idea and maybe work through that. What do you think death is? Oh God. Wow. Um, taking you there, girl. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it's one of those things like, are, are you familiar with, uh, I forget who originally created this concept or, uh, but I, I know of it from Carl Sagan. Oh my God, these motorcycles. Hold on. I'll give them a second. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, maybe they're stopped at a stoplight. Okay. Uh, I don't know who, uh, I, I learned of it from Carl Sagan, which is like the Flatland or something, something flat world. Yeah, Flatland. Uh, flatland is the model okay. of him showing two-dimensional reality. Yeah, so it's like this concept of like a 2D world and when a three-dimensional object kind of enters that, what their perspective is on that and like how do they explain 
what up is in a 2D world, you know, when there's only left and right. Um, so I feel like these kinds of existential things, like I do want to understand it. And that's why I love alchemy and, you know, philosophy and theology and all sorts of stuff. But at the same time, there's like only so much that we can like properly understand. And in the magical world, it's like uh, the 26 digit letter of God. It's in Hebrew yes. or something. It's like yeah. the unstable. 216. 216. Okay. Yeah. That. And <laughs> I appreciate that you said 26, though, because that's a, a very significant number. Yeah. I feel like there's something about 26, too. But yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, but uh, yeah, and it's just like, there's something that's just like uncomprehendable about like that true word of like name of God, you know, like, and there's like the same thing of trying to understand something in another dimension, you know, it's just so, it's something that like we can't comprehend in this dimension, in this three dimensions. And it's like, what is, how do we explain another dimension in this dimension? It's like that uncomprehensible. Video. Yeah, that video was trying to demonstrate the fourth dimension to a three-dimensional right. person. So exactly. the same yeah. analogy applies. I put the link yeah, in chat and the show notes for everyone, by the way. Awesome. Yeah. And um, that's kind of how I feel about like death and God and, and that kind of stuff is in a sense like, well, there's no really point in trying to understand it in this dimension, you know, like, I know it's there and I know it exists. I don't like, I don't even know if I want to bother trying to understand it though. You know, sometimes it's like, I'll do that later. Yeah. But sometimes oh, yeah. I want to dive deep into it. You know, it's, it's an interesting concept, but that's kind of where I'm at. Where I'm like, I don't know, man, it's uncomprehensible. I don't care. <laughs> okay. I love the fodder. I, I really do. I like getting getting lost and all that you know yeah. one yeah. of the reasons why though is because i think some of this stuff is at least where we are now unprovable and that makes yeah. it equal opportunity right we yeah. all all of our experiences become valuable in this yeah, that's true and, well, and uh, yeah that's something that's sort of a great concept because that's something i put in one of my early uh, alchemy journals when I started doing some studying was that there is something about I mean not to be like oh I'm like da Vinci here's my journal it's like <laughs> you know what I mean it's going to be treasured in the works of uh, psychology in the future no but it, it, it is true like us uh doing our you know making notes on our dreaming and like astral work or exploring these things trying to test them out I mean trying to understand the rules trying to understand the methods of you know, knowing when you're dreaming and, and how these like rules work and how things function and how you can kind of tap into that. Like we are, we are doing the groundwork for it, whether or not it's ever going to be, you know, go past this. And now it doesn't really matter. Like we are, we are trying to like kind of make ground with that. It's definitely unexplored. Yeah. And, and that's, that's, what's exciting, especially when we're looking at how, how really, you know, because globally, we're all having a big shift here, whatever the fuckery is, and however people want to unpack it, that's, that's another story. That's a different show. The point of this is that we're all being faced with a collective shadow. 
Mm-hmm. And at the same time, our own shadows is we have to process everything on a personal level, but we're going through it collectively. Mm-hmm. So there's all that going on. And that's why there's all this juicy opportunity to kind of push into the unknown and into the mysteries and and start to question the ideas around what what really is tangible what's important what's actually important there's so much bs in our worlds that we we adorn ourselves with that it's not important really in the end and we we become weighted down with all these ideas and stories and all the drama and so it's a fun place to take the consciousness and i think the act of doing that then somehow pushes us in this awakened world that we're having into a new space. It raises our vi- our frequency. Yeah, yeah. What you're saying reminds me, actually, I took a little bit of notes before because I was like, oh, shit, we're talking about dreams. Like, okay, you know, I was thinking. <laughs> and I did do an alchemy stream a few months back and it had some really interesting things. And, and one of them was the, the four ordeals. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, the four ordeals. And I knew in there something had to do with, with dreams, but basically it's like when you start tapping into like trying to like the alchemy work, like trying to understand, uh, you know, refine yourself and your spirit and like your Akash, your, your inner self, your breath, like your inner ego, whatever, uh, come face to face with your like ego, you go through like psychological difficulties and, uh, it's like meant to be like tests and like, you know, when you go through like a spiritual path, it's not always like ecstasy. It's like, okay, now I'm getting enlightened. Everything's so great. You know, <laughs> it's like, no, it's actually the opposite. You go through like ordeals, you know, like you go through like tests and those tests are meant to be like, now, how do you want to like deal with this? Do you deal with like the elements of fire or like water or like, like how, like what, what is in this? Like, what's going on which you know i should take my own goddamn advice i got a lot of ordeals to go through i might go think about that later if i need fire or water but um and uh, what does it say here we start to face ourselves it is a difficult process we get experiences in the astral plane so they have these correlations with like dreams i mean it's really interesting stuff i could always link it to you guys but um yeah so it's like different the four deals like the different elements and like each one has like some sort of thing about it you know how the elements have attributes you know like magic all that stuff and they have their own like things so when you kind of start to understand that and then like certain things in dreams will happen with it's like raining or it's raining but not on you or like whatever it's like and there's like, like, I don't know, just like things and issues that are happening in real life and how it deals with like how it can manifest in dreams, you know, it was a really interesting thing. But yeah, that's kind of what you reminded me about, like being able to affect change in like the real world and like the astral world and, and how it can have an effect. Like I do see the symbolisms in that sometimes and being able to kind of like manifest change and in the waking life is what you say it, not really. <laughs> <laughs> well you know it's there's so many times one there's all kinds of exercises that people have out there you know there's so many 
in the dream, one of them is to look at your hands and to get lucidity. Yeah. Now, in waking life, one of the, I, I personally, this is where I think it's more relevant because it'll awaken that side is while we're here in this waking life to question whether we're dreaming is important here because then it starts to click in yes. there. Yes, yes, yes. That's one right? of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Am I dreaming? You ask yourself that. Yeah, yes. your hands too. I think there's something about the number of fingers. There's right? well, there's all kinds with that, but you can just yeah. if you throw up a pen and it doesn't go down, well yeah. then that's when you're like, holy shit, I'm dreaming. Yeah, it's something and you didn't similar. realize because it's yeah, like it's a trap. It's something similar to in Inception, right? Didn't they have something? What did they call it? Where it's like an object? Oh, like a ladle? Was that the dreidel or whatever? Yeah, but they they called it something where it was like an anchor a, or something. What was it? It was a totem or a, a fetish totem. or a... A ticker was or... What? There was another I word. Was I totem. Yeah, I think it was totem too. And totem yeah. too. But yeah, that's like something to kind of know when you're in... Yeah, like have like your own like totem like you can make one up for yourself but those do yeah those are the common ones right yeah i totally forgot that movie's great for those kinds of things i find myself i'll just because i always have a pen next to me i'm always doing stuff with writing stuff and i oftentimes i just throw the pen up or a pencil but that that's right inception was great for that yeah, it was interesting. It was a really big, yeah, during the time, yeah. But like, it's it's pretty good if you look back at it that way through like lucid dreaming and stuff, like that lens. It's really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Well, I think with all stuff that comes out vis-a-vis uh, the mills and through art, you know, we're both artists and and we work with symbols you know this stuff's important this stuff seeded out and some of it's of course propaganda and out there to control us because why this is a great power why not use it It, it's all comes down to the fruit that you are you know i squeeze a lemon i get lemon juice so there are bad there's bad fruit out there doing bad things and uh and so you're gonna get that but other people that want to bring in beauty and uh whatever whatever your vibe is when we start working with symbols and we bring symbols forth into this state, which is one of the things you do through Lady Alchemy, and and I certainly do it in my work and my time arts work especially, this is how we can communicate with people on deeper levels and get that which cannot be exactly into words out, get concepts out, maybe yeah. things that people can't see but they understand. Yeah, and they're like archetypes. Like it's in them whether whether they know about it or not. It's like so innate in humanity that like they respond to it on like a visceral level. It's the real level of communication in my opinion, symbols. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think that's what like music and dance does too. I mean, it can so quickly be just like, you know, it's like the whole tree of life thing and the chakras right it's like the what is it the the um malkuth the the kingdom like the root chakra is like the most basic one is like physical sexual energy right and it's like that's kind of where people can kind of take my work is just like purely like burlesque stripper type like energy and then there's like if you really understand like 
trance and dance and music and like visual it's like it can be on a like really spiritual like level I mean you know I've had like women straight women that are just like I was mesmerized like I was in a trance like I was in full-on trance you know watching you and it's like thank you you get it yeah you get it oh yeah you know and oh. it's not sexual she's not trying to like hit me up she's a straight woman she's like i get it I oh like, yeah <laughs> well i i'm strictly dickly and i love your work so. yes yeah, see it's like you my see, main fans yeah yeah absolutely we can appreciate each other yeah. in the world i don't know and you know this is another thing that always reminds me of some of the fuckery around us is that in this waking world where sometimes if we feel limited by the limitations of others yeah how they're pushing those on to us yeah in weird ways through judgments through cattiness through through their own lack of elevation you know and i don't want to be like that it's not like i'm above them anyway but it's just like some people like i say they're like they're stuck in that level of you know, existence and that wavelength, that like pattern. And it's like, it, it's sad, but we don't like view the same situation the same way, you know, there's like deeper things going on. Right. Well, and the, so then if we trans, if we move that into the dream idea, I, there's a lot of people that talk about the lower realms. It, when you get out, like the out of body experience, there's always like, all this talk about the lower realms are where like the archons or the nasties are, right? Mm. And you you've got to change your elevation through frequency right. to get into a different space from mm-hmm. those. And I wonder, this is where I'm I'm kind of going with this is a quite there's a question here. I wonder how does one get to that space in the waking world? So when you look around and there's all this funk, especially, and so this becomes a bigger idea, okay? This is a bigger idea because look at all the funk around us in the world and how do we as individuals try and shift this frequency out because it's funky. I don't like this frequency at all. I'm not having it. And yet we're still, we're all here in the mucky muck. We're all here in the mud. To me, and this is what like a big thing in my comic book is as well. It's my duality. Um, I mean, I don't know where you live or whatever, but when I'm in the city, I mean, like my recalibrating of my vibrations is going upstate and being in nature. And I think that's like a lot of the similar things that a lot of people talk about is like tapping into nature and that has a different vibration and it totally recalibrates you and whatever and you can like come from within you know harness that energy like from within but well i'm my personal world is fantastic i love it but when i go out into the world that's outside of my bubble yeah right that's what i'm saying like when i need to go to the market to get something or you know driving and there's just a million angry people that just want to be angry and they're driving. Yeah. And I mean, like I hear that. you. I mean, it's like, it's difficult too, because I, I get myself into some trouble because there's other evils out there. There's sociopathy, there's narcissism. There's just people waiting to take advantage of, you know, nice people. And so it sucks getting caught up in some bullshit. So yeah, I mean, that's a good question. I don't know. 
What can we do, guys? Collective consciousness stuff. I know, right? It's funny. It's it's interesting to me because I I tend to find myself in, uh, I live a a lovely life. And so my frequency is really high often. I mean, I'm not perfect either. And uh, it's always, you know, we're always working, but I find myself. I find that it's easy to get pulled down by others mm-hmm. and, and it, sh- it actually shocks me sometimes where I, I'll get, I'll, I'll just be derailed immediately. And then s- strange things will happen that don't usually happen for me. Like I'll have a temper rise or something. I am not yeah. a high fire. I used to be, I used to have some fire to me. Yeah. My, my astrological chart's very fiery, but it, it doesn't, I'm able generally to control that. And yet there are times when I find I, I just want to go off and that's unusual for me. And that's very specific to this time period. And so there's a lot of people from the new age. There's a lot of people from this section of the world and that section of the world talking about a new earth and all this other stuff. And yet it's interesting to try and parse that out when you're looking at it yeah i think i know what you're saying because like the whole collective consciousness theory like this whole what is it age of aquarius is like a positive shift to something yes but we're not seeing it it seems to be yeah and it seems to be in fact going the other way (laughs) well that's because we're 200 years away from that yuga that that Mm. so we're in the we're in the we're in the depths of it jerry right we're in the age of pisces right now but we're in that in between. So I don't know if we're in between or it just hasn't fully shifted over yet. We're not. I don't think it's close to our life. Oh, I see what you're saying. Like we're not fully like shifted into the age of Aquarius yet. No. no. So we're still on the like. This down. is the dark before the dawn. Yeah, and that makes much more sense because I do not feel it's the age of Aquarius either. I agree with you, and I mean, and I don't mean to sound all like new agey hippy dippy <laughs> shit but it's like you know when you do go over this stuff and these ordeals and like this alchemy stuff like i know it's like such a simplistic answer to be like oh it's all within you and it's like yes all these people attacking me for no reason and doing a lot of interesting stuff to me like yes it's all about me like maybe if i fix mine too. no fuck that people that you know are just fucked up being attacked for no reason so i get it but most of the things that kind of it wraps around to in these like lessons and stuff is that it is kind of about you you know and i guess it's the same thing if we're like an sjw were to complain that you like offended them or whatever. it's like dude that's about you you know what i mean like yes yes you have to work out why you're upset that someone said something you know like can't let that affect you and i think you're probably like me very sensitive and like empathetic you know and so like we can't we get derailed because of other people very easily because it's like we're so emotional about it you know i don't know maybe i'm just getting you seem really like nice and like like me where it's like we're so emotionally invested in any little thing that you know it can like really fuck us up you know that's always been my problem with and this is one of the reasons why i identified when i saw your story i was so shocked by it and yet it's happened to me in other in other ways right and it's just it's uh, and even sometimes when we get feedback from people i'm like what they don't (laughs) what what was just said what did they call me and uh it, it 
it takes me back and I, I want to detach from it. And yet at some yeah. point there's this idea, well, okay, what do I need out of this mm-hmm. that is yeah. coming at me? And what, you know, how should I, I know I shouldn't take it in, but apparently I need the, the information in some way to transcend it. Yeah. I mean, I'm the same way, like no matter what, like it's going to affect me, I can try or whatever. It's easy to just say, well, who cares what people think? But yeah, that's ultimately, it is kind of like the same lesson that they say. It's like, we got to sort that out, you know, within ourselves. So in a sense, yeah, when there's people doing fucked up shit for no reason, there's still a way to handle it, you know, um, even if it's, I don't know, just staying sane and being strong and finding some sort of root power and lesson to learn from it. You know, like I'm getting fucked over by someone uh, that I worked with that was a friend, you know, and it's like, there's something to learn in there, I guess, you know, like write contracts, like don't make the same mistakes. Don't let people walk all over you, you know, like there is something maybe like from within me that can be shifted because I can't really change the you know, we can't really change the world. But see, this is the thing. And so with the, in context to dreaming, because there, to me, there's no separation. Everything to me relates to dreams. So I may not have to use the word dreams to be talking about dreams. Some people don't get that. Right. Uh, yeah. And, and I, it's, it's a difficult thing to traverse that landscape with some people, but so if we consider like when i so i consider when i'm getting when i'm when i'm moving through bad stuff or stuff that's annoying the first thing i do is like how can i take this and and transmute this energy how can i make this which seems out of my control something i can become lucid to and of and then and then like you do in your lucid dreams move it away, move it over there, push it out, cast it out, whatever you need to do and, and, and become the dreamer awaken within the dream, that idea and the dreamer awaken within the dream that's within the dream of reality. Yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. And I think that's the power. And that's again, that power from within and i mean it's empowering me now talking about it with you to think about my situation that way and how helpless i feel and to be able to regain that power through kind of going okay now let me become really lucid about this you know yes, if this yes. is a lesson if this is something <laughs> that i have to you know break through and understand on a deeper level like all right let's go there like that suddenly makes me feel more at ease with my situation that's fucked up, you know? Yeah, it's like a more like a, a sense of of control, which yeah. is what? That's part of lucidity. Yeah. That's part of lucidity. And I also you mentioned it earlier, this so it took me a long time to be okay with the term because I have had issues with the whole new age kind of hippie thing. And, uh, and, and not, I wasn't really, I wasn't raised in a religion, so I don't have, I can talk God all day and I don't have baggage about that. You know what I'm saying? I didn't get indoctrinated into rebelling against God. (laughs) God, And, but I do have a little baggage around new age because some of that was around me for sure. And it just was so flaky. 
Mm-hmm. And, and so I work through that. I work through that. Mm-hmm. However, when, when I encounter some of that language, now I'm starting to embrace it. And so it took me years to embrace the idea that yes, I am. And I'm, I'm sympathetic. I'm empathic. I feel deeply. That's what all that is. And I, I needed to parse out why do things, why do people affect me so deeply? Yeah. And this, this plays out in my dreams. This is absolutely, like I said earlier, I can't parse out the difference between my dreams and reality, except for like we were talking about earlier, reality or waking life does seem to have deeper consequences. Like I know that I at least have a sense of if I take a, a knife, I'm, it's going to hurt to my skin mm-hmm. and I'm going to bleed and then I'll have a scar and all that. So I buy into that for sure. But when it's this emotional, tumultuous experience that I can have through whatever, heartache, pain for others, and that's where the empathy thing comes in mm-hmm. and why it's easier for me to be alone and not around people because I seem to take on people's stuff. Yeah. So we have uh, emotional vampires because we get like, and they feed off of us. Yes. We give them our energy so much and they like feed off of it. Yes. They totally feed off of us. And it's how, and, and I think sometimes they, no matter how strong we are, how fierce we are with our, our own bubble of being closed and protected and all that and lucid, it's still somehow like, you can get a, a straw stuck right into you and all your life force just sucked right out from mm-hmm. left field. Like you don't mm-hmm. even see it coming sometimes. Yeah. And you got to like be alone to recharge. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. We're classic introvert. You're an introvert. Definitely. Yeah. <clears throat> Hello. I could be alone in my room. Oh, shit. I thought I was muted. I'm sorry. Oh, Jerry, carry on. No, I was going to say, what are you like an INFJ? What's a what's an INF? I forgot. Introverted. Oh, it's your it's your Jungian um, psychological like introvert. I'm an INTP often, but it, it changes. So it's like the Myers Briggs or Kiersey. <coughs> Myers Briggs. Myers Briggs. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean that makes sense. I I also have really bad stage anxiety, so that would make sense. Because I care yeah. so much about like what the audience would like perceives me and like it stresses me out. And then I just, like, introverted, intuitive feeling and judging. Yeah. Well, that you have to take those tests are kind of long, but um, anyway, so with that idea, so we're talking about death in conjunction with as a state of consciousness with the waking life as a state of consciousness. And then layering in the dreamscape as a state of consciousness. And then also memory as a state of consciousness. Mm-hmm. And so we start traversing the idea of just those four points, right? Mm-hmm. And it's hard to understand, again, memory. So we haven't introduced the idea of memory, except for just getting the foundation of who you are. But the idea of memory alone is so shaky. Like if yeah. we didn't have documentation, how would we know any of it existed? Yeah. Well, they also have a lot of those tests. I mean, as an artist, like an actual fine artist, if you're drawing or painting something, like even something as simple as like an apple, which I happen to be very good at drawing apples. 
And uh, <laughs> it's actually really impressive. But um, yeah, it's you have an idea in your head what you think it looks like. And then there's the reality, which is why skill lives are a thing in art, even for a fruit, a bowl of fruit or something, because to be able to really see how light hits something and how shadows are placed is different than your memory. So it's always gonna look shitty if it's like kind of from memory of sorts, you know? Um, and also in the legal system, I think a lot of witnesses do a lot of like, the reports are really like that. There's a lot of like false like reporting from witnesses because it's just like people's memories are just shit. They remember like wrong things. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. This is why it's such shaky ground. And if there's not documentation and that that's shaky in and of itself to me anyway, but just if we just took the documentation of, oh, here's a picture of little Martina at the age of two. Does little Martina exist? You know, it's that whole thing. Of, right. Yeah. It, it's that whole concept. Yeah. And and so what I'm getting at with that is in the idea that we call this waking life the reality and your one life that you're in that's your martina reality but you can't really remember a lot of stuff when you go back too far and, and sometimes i can't even remember stuff from yesterday like it all kind of bleeds in although yeah. the memory my vivid memories are my vivid well, memories well that's the thing about also the dream thing going back to the dreams where it's like they would they would say as like exercise is another exercise is to practice being lucid in your daytime so that means like not functioning on like autopilot right and being and that's also what alchemy does it's about being present you know or buddhism or whatever it's like being present and we can all do it like right now where suddenly time slows down and we're really yes. aware of our surroundings yes. you know and like everything is really that's what being on stage is like too and it's just like you just become so present you're you're you know that is when your memory is really good and so it's something about practicing this like spirituality whatever inner self whatever stuff this like you know high level vibration stuff is constantly remembering to be in that state of lucidity you know and it's like that's what you gotta that's the aim constantly remember to get lucid in real life because we constantly slip into autopilot just like our lucid dreaming right well this is the thing about the cycles and then we can we can rev that out real big like the cycles of the eons right from yeah. pisces to aquarius i mean we can just push it way it's a fractal it's fractalizing or mirroring out but we still get caught in the idea and this is the thing why it always feels to me like we're caught here with this is this waking life this is the this is the real real this is the true true and yet i was a six-year-old trying to tie my shoe right and that was the real real and true true and then, well, was I in the 1890s trying to tie my shoe? Was that the real, real and the true, true? And there I was in that dream, remembering that I was in a dream. You, you know, like this idea just keeps like spiraling in on itself. And it makes me question why, why do we actually subscribe to the ideas that this is real? 
why do we tell ourselves this is real? I just wonder, I'm just throwing this out. These are just questions. Like what if everyone in the world all at once decided to do something in synchronicity, mm-hmm. synced up, like the whole world? I'm talking about every every conscious person or you know every soul at least did something to bring in an act of lucidity and i know that the sufis try to do this and and one of the most amazing experiences i've ever had was sufi dancing while on lsd was amazing oh my god God. it was unbelievable unbelievable Uh, uh but you know this where i felt like i was a part you know they do it in those big circles or several circles and it's it's an it's amazing i don't even know how to describe how amazing that is and but i felt like i had left this this now and i understood that religious ecstatic experience through that experience Mm -hmm. and then started to go okay so now i have a marker for this experience now i know what to call that which is what we do as artists right we show people stuff or let them experience stuff that they may not have known was possible that's the whole role of being the architect in our lives and showing other people what's possible so why why is it we're stuck in this mire why are we down here in the catherine well why do people rule over us and those are the kinds of i know these are unanswerable questions really in the end but the more people that we engage with these conversations of philosophical juiciness i think we're raising vibrations just by asking these questions yeah Instead yes. of reading about Plato talking about it, it's all right for us here, wherever Plato is in his time, it's, you know, that's great, but we need to have our time too. And this is apparently yep. a time where we're conscious, where we can talk about these things and somehow we're going to elevate ourselves by the idea of, of opening our minds. Don't you think? Yeah, I definitely have always believed in like, some collective conscious i mean and i was looking forward to some shift uh that you speak of uh it's quite a daunting task for every single conscious soul to be on you know to have a shift because there's some dopey ass people out there are they real though (laughs) yeah oh my god but there have been times in history of like some collective conscious type thing a lot of like major discoveries in history happen around the same time like calculus was actually i guess what what do you want to call it discovered i think there's a debate if math is discovered or invented um and uh, it's invented um but yeah it was not just uh newton but like Leibniz or something Leibniz is uh, another mathematician it's two completely different areas of the world no contact with each other around the same time created this concept of calculus. Diamonds, you know? isn't it? I think it's diamonds. What is, is it? Diamonds. I don't know. I feel like it's some sort of it's. I feel like it's yeah. an L. Let me see. It is. Um, it's Leibniz. 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 Okay. Yeah. And uh, oh, Steinmetz was more in the Einstein era. Ste- yeah, Steinmetz was more Tesalonian. Yeah. Yep. 
getting them confused. Everyone's confused. <laughs> Damn you. Get your old German people straight. <laughs> right? Right? Yeah, some sort of it's. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, this happens quite a few times where, oh God, all this noise. I'm so sorry. It's um, <laughs> we can barely I, hear it. It's all just loud on your side. All right. All right. Because usually people in my streams are like, oh my God, what's going on out there? And I'm like, geez, really? it's New York. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, no, but there's uh, throughout history, like time, things like that, where for some reason around the same time, certain things like happened in like different parts of the world. And like, it's like some sort of collective kind of consciousness thing, which is interesting. Is that like part of the idea of the hundredth monkey, right? Where we do leaps of consciousness at some Probably. point. Yeah. Yeah. Or is it that every idea already exists in the cloud and sometimes people just tune into the right frequency and get it the, the cloud yes it's like the apple cloud or something Is it don't apple? even compare it to apple those i'm just words. kidding <laughs> that is a word that will not be named on this show <laughs> but it's interesting that that is now in the digital world the cloud right, right? as it has a digital component yeah, it's funny because today I'm looking up. I was just following a stream on the patents and uh, use of cloud seeding and making it rain from different mm -hmm. technologies. And I, the algorithms just wanted to keep puking forward the technical digital cloud and not not the technology of making rain <laughs> oh my god that's so funny wow well, it's we're deeper into this digital reality wow that's we're going crazy. deeper in and so that is jerry yes i was gonna say you you listened to shane's video right i did yeah and that whole idea that what our thoughts are being altered by ai yes well there we have implanted, it right? implanted yeah right there and that's where that is exactly the lead in I wanted to to find in this. So, Martina, how do you think this is? That's our synchronicity bell. Oh, I, love that. I love that. How do you think? So, all right. So we've got this all this overlap, right, with consciousness, and and really in the end, that's what this shows about is consciousness. Uh, so we've got all these things we've introduced, all these little bubbles, memories, dreams, death, here and now. Now let's move into the idea of AI and sentient AI and how that, so we kind of talked about this, we've talked about the sim and second life and all that. So we've in the cloud now, where do you think, this is all playing in to this whole narrative and and in particular is it piercing the veil of dreams is it piercing our unconscious as we're processing and we're in other states of consciousness and of course this is just your opinion this is the whole thing this is just fodder we're talking <laughs> yeah no um i mean it's interesting i don't know i mean there are two, I don't know if we're there yet, but you know, you've heard of like point of singularity, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I talk about it a lot. Yeah. So like that whole concept of like technology growing exponentially, but we're like biological, it grows really, really slowly. So 
that whole Moore's that, law thing. Yeah. So there's that point of where they're going to start to surpass us. But that I feel like isn't close yet for our timeline, huh. our lifetime timeline. Same thing. And, uh, <laughs> Is it the same thing. <laughs> yeah. You know. And, um, but at the same time, this, the dreams, man, there, it's just, it's too, uh, yeah, we really don't know shit about it, really. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. They could really be... don't know how to tap into that at all. <laughs> so those two, two, you know, concepts, I mean, from technology, something so physical and something so tangible, like real, like physically, and then something just so in the astral world, um, and when those things have like the what is it point of singularity you know like when that hits a point of singularity is i think where you're talking about that's like unreal that's it's an interesting story actually so like write like a fiction novel about that it's like the idea of almost like the a different level of the idea of the big bang right mm -hmm. when singularity all of a sudden has this awakening it you know like all this stuff comes together and it creates this huge boom of consciousness for something that was moving in that direction obviously but all of a sudden there's this event it's yeah. an event yeah so, but i i girl i'm very controversial contra the controversy Ooh, tell me tell me what well i think the singularity already happened okay okay Huh. So I, I'm oh, one of those people yeah. that believes in like the retro cause the causality loops. Yeah. So like basically also, yeah, like the government has technologies that like they don't disclose to like the public for like decades. That's like crazy advance. Right. So, and like, so that's a conspiracy theory. But okay. if we're in a dream, what about the architects? Right. So what if this is a dream? And what if the government, the people, so, and if we start identifying what the government is, is a group of, at least at some level, architects that are constructing the narrative for us. So if you, in your lucid dream, are able to maintain that lucidity, right, and get more power and gain more awakening within the dream, mm -hmm. right, then all of a sudden you're formidable and you are that's either good or bad right it just depends but you are able to now step up as an architect and start rearranging things that affect this idea of the waking world and then we can storm area 51 <laughs> right. well, and girl lady alchemy becomes real real yeah. <laughs> you can fly you know like i actually don't limit myself to to so for me dreaming is is at the i guess as we're coming around towards closer to the end of this for for me the idea of dreaming is always to awaken within it and i've taken that further and i'm trying to find that keyhole in in this awakened real in our in our waking life and move that idea from the dreamscape into waking life i want the fuzzy but i also don't want the crazy so i don't want to you know what i'm saying i want the grounded idea so when i'm lucid in my dreams i accept that i can walk through a wall here 
I don't accept it because of the 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 laws we apply, the laws the architects of this reality have said are real. So I can't we walk through the wall. But then we get into quantum physics and then we realize that we don't know anything about the laws of this reality. Quantum physics is just a theory. What if it's not right? That's true. But it's well, like trying to understand what if it the is, weirdness. Though? You should yeah. approach it like any other, you know, theory. It's a theory and it needs to be considered equally amongst a lot of other things. You know, they yeah, still I deny mean, the ether exists. Who that's denies Tesla. that? Tesla. Science. I know. <laughs> oh, yeah, science does. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Quantum physics starts to be like, well, we don't really know anything how things are really functioning on the like, you know, the tiny, minute, yeah. Well, and that's the idea of fractals, right? So if we're just a fractal or we're a mirror of, of all this that's going on, if we're just one little aspect, what does that really mean? I mean, we can say those words. We can look at pretty fractals, but what, what does that mean? Jerry, what do you think? You're, I see you want to. I was muting, actually. But what was, oh. what was the question? If we're just, if we are just this experience we're having, this little bubble experience we're having mm -hmm. is one fractal, just say it's one fractal. So it can go any which way. What, what does that mean? It, when we take it outside the concept of words and beautiful images people make of fractals in the world through nature, you know, I mean, what <clears throat> well, does it actually mean? To me, it means that we're in a simulation, some kind of construct. Because fractals are, you know, a natural pattern that are really easy to, to calculate. They're simple to calculate. So if I was designing a program to house consciousness, as I would use as many natural patterns that I could that were easy to code, you know? See, Jerry's, Martina, Jerry's a coder. He's written oh, like awesome. 11, 11 books on it. That's so, awesome. I have. He comes from that that background, so he thinks like that. Yeah, yeah, it's really interesting. I love that. I I remember once uh, when I first started playing World of Warcraft. You ever play that, Martino? No, I don't play games. You never played a game in your whole life? No, I played games in the '90s, like Super <clears throat> Mario Brothers and stuff. All right, I love <laughs> Mario so Brothers. One of the things Mega I noticed. Man. When I was playing World of Warcraft, was that as I was running and forever because you had a fucking run everywhere but whatever um when you stopped in grass or something uh -huh. you would occasionally see a butterfly go by huh well. and the thought that hit me was wow somebody actually had to code that draw it incorporate the sprites <laughs> Yeah. You know, think of all the work that went into just putting that butterfly oh, yeah. in that frame. And of course, when I turned around, it was over here to my left or right. Or, you know, when I ran past it quickly, I only got two two second glance of it. So uh, I don't know where I was going with that. It's complex. Whatever we're in is a complex thing that we can't comprehend. Yeah, for sure. You know, when you start looking down at um, like at the molecular level. Nothing you touch, you ever touch. It's the electric field that surrounds the thing you're touching and the electric field that surrounds you are what touches. And your nerves pick up those electrical impulses and, and your brain translates them to feelings. 
Same with your vision. You don't actually see what you see. You see the energy pattern of the things in front of you and your brain turns it upside down, inverts it and converts that energy yeah. into an image which you think you see, but it's just being projected by your brain. So, you the know, blackness of the inside of your head. Yeah. I mean, that's it's crazy when you think about it. The reality that we live in, we have no idea what's there. We yeah. have a, we look through it, we look at it through a mask, <laughs> through a veil, you know, of our of our our physical being. It's just it's wild when you think about it that way. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, when I studied math, it's a uh, similar to a lot of that kind of concept and we actually took some program uh you know maple software we did we use that i don't know i guess people have made things typing software maple yeah it's like you can do like derivatives and integrals and shit on it and then you can grab because you know math everything algebraically can be represented graphically and like i don't know they showed examples of it were being used for like things like I don't know, making like doing like Toy Story stuff or whatever, you know, yeah, like MapleSoft. I remember, I remember it. Oh, yeah, yeah, Maple Software. So I've learned how to like program like mathematical equations and do projects for calculus, like on that. But all my studies of math and, you know, even like different dimensions, right? Again, algebraically, there's you can do things to the nth dimension or, you know, whatever dimensions. And it's like, okay, everything can be represented like um you know algebraically in real life and it's like well what is that nth dimension you know what is the 12th dimension what all these things they exist in math you know and it's like to me i'm just trying to understand like the more i, I know about math it like really leads me to show like how complex this system is that god created and i just found it surprising when other like math students were like just so hardcore like no math proves that god doesn't exist i'm like that's so inverted compared to me i was like it's me it's showing how complex god is you know like it's crazy it well that's the thing is that this is and this is a beautiful thing about equations and math and coding and all this it for people that don't or have not moved down those realms because i i do think that that's part of a very important part of understanding some of this this reality we're in that plays into the reality we're in when we're in a dream mm. the reality when we're in when we're remembering a memory or remembering mm -hmm. the memory of a dream or dreaming forward or planning forward and dreaming about the future that a lot of people are are lost in some of the mechanics and i think the mechanics sometimes are a huge part of unraveling all this yeah for me it it, yeah. it seems that it's very important but you get into a lot of the at least the old school new age the the furthest it would go was not very far and then it was nice to see the sacred geometry movements come out mm -hmm. and all that but we need all this information every every little bit has a place in us all understanding what's going on in a bigger scale i think there's nothing absolutely nothing that's before us that is insignificant these are this is all making up and creating this reality that is multi-dimensional 
and that's where you say multidimensional and people immediately think woo woo well you go to sleep and you have a dream that's another dimension it's another mm -hmm. field it's another mm -hmm. plane that's not woo woo everyone experiences it how's it woo woo what's woo woo woo's like the crazy end the it's like they can it starts getting into the I, so from a normal it's the non-scientific it's the non-scientific or it's the it's the far out you know it's the conspiracy land or Ali it's the crazy interdimensional land. aliens is woo for instance yeah oh. but astral yet you travel have is woo to the yeah. public oh i yeah. never knew that i never knew that term so having your dreams is is woo to a lot of people a materialist dreams we've talked to many materialists and dreams aren't very significant to a lot of people you'd be surprised yeah i mean maybe you wouldn't be surprised but i'm always surprised I'm like this is a, a big part of your life whether you want to accept it or not whether you <coughs> recall it or not it's happening it happens to you and it <coughs> for me as a curious person and definitely as an introvert these kinds of things lead lead me forward like okay this is happening to me i think i'm going to be curious about it what is going on here yeah. <laughs> you know yeah yeah i mean it's it's fascinating it is it's interesting stuff i'm wondering if we have questions from the chat this evening Oh my. I have one question so far. We never really have a lot of questions, Martina. Excuse me while I tweet. I should post. Okay. The question was, can you cook a nice goulash? Oh. <laughs> I can. Yeah. I have a whole streaming video about goulash. Hell yeah, I make the best goulash in town. My grandma made the best goulash. Oh yeah, yeah. No, that's what they make. Really? Yeah, no, they we do that in my family for some reason during like the holidays. They love it. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Goulash is good. It's classic. Uh, I make a Hungarian goulash. It's nice and you know, meaty and stewy. Paprika mm -hmm. with the some, some yeah. spice up in there. Yeah. It's good. That's the only question. <laughs> that's funny. That's, that's the so only funny. question. Yeah, no, I have a stream on on my YouTube channel. It's you know. Just, so talk uh, about yourself. Talk about yourself. Talk about myself. Get, go yeah. ahead and plug. Let's hear the plugs. Uh, yeah, no, I have uh, my goulash stream. If you want to check it out on YouTube, it's uh, YouTube.com/slash/MartinaMarcotaTV. M-A-R-T-I-N-A-M-A-R-K-O-T-A TV. Yeah, same with the uh, social medias and stuff. Uh, I'm surprised I don't see my crew in the chat really. So this is, this is mostly your people. So hit me up if you don't know who I am. And uh, I pretty much provide a lot of like artsy, cultural kind of content. History. Yeah, art history on YouTube, art history. And uh, we do also do etiquette. You know, Emily Post, mm -hmm. she's the leading author on American etiquette. Her book was published in 1922. and it's just some really interesting stuff in there you know it like takes you back to like the turn of the century and just some of their customs and what goes on and it's just always really interesting stuff and uh, it's kind of nice to go back to that your peeps are all here they're just uh lurking okay all right hey guys thanks for coming by <laughs> i thought this was a really fun little chat i definitely want to promote it again hopefully people 
go back to uh, re-listen to it. Oh yeah, um, tomorrow, right? It's gonna post online. No, it's online right now. This is a live show. Oh right, no, but I think you have the podcast, right? Yeah, I strip the audio. I'll, I'll peel the audio off, and that'll go out as a podcast tomorrow. Awesome, cool. Yeah, no, I because it's a really fun chat. I think like the whole dream thing is really fun. You guys should come on my channel maybe, and we can do the same thing. I don't, I don't know if that'd be allowed. Thank you so much, though. <laughs> I'm kidding. We'll definitely come on anytime. <laughs> well, of course, we'd love to come and chit chat. Right. I love that you said yes and and entertained this all this kind of philosophical headiness that there are no answers for. It frustrates some people. It excites others. <laughs> but it's in a the total end, escape from the nastiness of reality right yeah, now. I know, yeah, right? It's true. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> And I I just adore your work. I'm so glad it's still out there. I'm so glad the stuff you have moving forward is going to happen. And just keep pushing, sister. Keep pushing. Thank you. That means a lot. Thanks. You're rocking it. You always rock it. And the rest is just dust in the wind. <laughs> Are you going to be live later tonight? Me? Uh, I don't know. I was thinking about it. Since you should you got you got like the yeah. eyelashes on and everything a few people asked in chat that's why so know. okay well thanks for so much for coming coming on the show it was great talking to you and great to meet you thank you so much and uh all of those links you talked about are in the show description and show notes on discord and thank you everyone for listening thank you nish thank you jerry you sure oh i did want to say uh, if you're not a subscriber to our YouTube channel, please subscribe because YouTube is changing the rules and videos that are marked. Uh, age are gonna, they're going to start age restricting videos soon, and you won't see our videos like in your feed unless you are subscribed to the channel. So just FYI there. I'm and really enjoying that brand new tube, by the way. The just what? saying. The what? It's called brand new tube. Never heard of it. And I I keep trying them all out. D Live, Bitchu, all just everything that I that comes through. I try. I get on and try. But brand new tube is I'm enjoying it just because it's the same UI basically. Cool. I will check it out. Who do we have next week? Next week we have Stacy Jewel from the Bejeweled Podcast. She's a host of that. Okay, excellent. And then the week after that, we've got Alex Stein coming back for uh, Nox Mente. We love some Alex. <laughs> <laughs> Alex is so great. And, uh, okay, yes, yeah, so that next week is an obelisk. Mm, no. Is that a Nox Mente too? Yeah, I don't have any obelisks scheduled. We have to talk about scheduling. I, I've run out of people again. Oh, Lord. <laughs> There's so many people. The 14th, we'll talk about the 14th that. will be an obelisk, and I think, cool. I, I don't know who it's going to be, but I'm going to try and get Thomas Sheridan to come on. Oh, cool. We so, haven't had Sheridan for a while. And if not, I'm going to try and hit up Joseph P. Farrell again, see if he'll come on. So. Excellent. All right. All right. Thank you, everyone, that I can't see in the chat because I'm not there watching. Sorry. All right, everybody. Have a great night. Bye. We will talk to you next week.